0: Well, as many of you know, if you've looked at Facebook, the, the Phil Yaws are down in Disney World. Um, so, yeah, they're enjoying some sun, much, much deserved sunshine. And so I, we're excited for them. But uh, that means you guys are stuck with me this morning. So, um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I really, actually, really appreciate about this church is how much they value youth ministry. You don't have to look far with, with the Ellenwoods to, to see the, the, the legacy that youth ministry has at Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church. And one of the things that you do is ask the, the youth pastor um, give an update on the youth ministry once a year. And so that's this is as good a time as any, I feel, to be able to update you on where we are as a youth ministry. Um, but also I, my, my desire is to also talk with you about what we are studying as a youth ministry. So I'll do like last year where, where it's kind of two sermons in one. So But don't worry, I'll try to stay close to the time. Um, but most of you know I'm from the South, deep South, Arkansas. And and one of the famous, I mean, probably the, one of the biggest celebrities in the South who's not a football player would be uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Okay, a few of you know he's made his way up here. And one of his most famous jokes is, is uh, the you might be a redneck jokes, right? Okay, some of you are familiar with it. Well, I actually, as I was preparing this sermon, found you might be a youth pastor if... Jokes. Do you want to hear them? I'll let you determine which ones are true of of me. If more of your Facebook friends are under the age of 18 than over, you might be a youth pastor. If you can wear a different youth event t-shirt every day of the week, you might be a youth pastor. I like this one. If you don't get invited to elder meetings, but your ministry is a frequent conversation of most all of them, If every movie you watch, you are constantly thinking of how to use it for illustrations, you might be a youth pastor. That is true. I have not been able to watch a movie since. Uh, If going to a water park is considered work, you might be a youth pastor. It is. It is. If you can wrestle a 7th grader and it's not considered abuse, most likely you're a youth pastor. If you believe that a 15-passenger van or bus, in our case now, is as easy to drive as a Mini Cooper, you might be a youth pastor. Ignore the donut marks in the in the snow. Um, if you've ever been caught teepeeing your elder chair's house, you might be a youth pastor. I mean, sorry Dave. If, if This one's really true of me and Ashland. If you have no biological children, but often say the phrase my kids, you might be a youth pastor. And finally, if if you have enough fundraising ideas to solve world hunger, you might be a youth pastor you know it's 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 fun looking at those kinds of things because just to see how in eighteen months tomorrow's eighteen months of, of me being here and just seeing in that short but but quick time like how many of those kinds of things are true what what is going on and so I love these these times when I get to reflect a little bit on what our youth ministry is doing and um and just see more importantly what God is doing in our youth ministry, in our church. Um, and, and so that, that's just kind of been something fun this week to do. And so um, that's what I want to do. Uh, I want to tell you what we are doing. And um, honestly, that starts with our mission. And, and it's the same mission as the church because our youth ministry is not autonomous from our church. They're one entity. It just so happens that the youth are, are, are gearing more towards youth. Um, And so on the front of your bulletin is the youth ministry mission statement, just like it is the church. We exist to connect people with God through Jesus Christ, grow to be like Christ, and serve others. Everything we do, everything that we are about has to fit into that mission statement. And so that we try very hard for everything um, that we plan to make sure that it has a purpose. And so I want to talk with you a few of the things that we do to accomplish this mission. Um, one of the big ones um, is uh, once a month we we do some kind of an event, some kind of just fun thing um, that that um, is purposed, though. We we get fun things are great, but we're not a YMCA. There's a purpose behind it. We want to connect students into the family that we are forging together. We want to give a safe environment for our our students that are already invested in uh, the church to be able to invite their friends. And they are expected to invite their friends and invest that way. Um, and then when they, their friends come, that they are brought into a community, a, a family, honestly. If, if you come to our youth nights, honestly, it, we are a family. And it's really pretty beautiful to see, honestly. I mean, they're, they're sitting with me and Ashlyn. They're like our family, you know, some of them. Uh, we also do um, youth group, which, honestly, it's kind of exciting. We've had to make a, a tweak to um, how we do just our youth group nights. Um, we, last year at this time um, We were about half the size of a youth group that we are now And I don't pretend that numbers are everything But you do have to make tweaks as numbers change And last year we were very much uh, focused on going deep with the students Growing these, these core students that we have in the ministry Growing them deeper um, Well, with more students comes um, the, the need to go more basic And so youth youth group nights, so so, um, Sunday nights for senior high, Wednesday uh, for junior high has become more basic. But when I say basic, I do not mean simple, and I do not mean boring, and I do not mean unimportant. I mean foundational. And so we definitely, you can ask any of our students, we wrestle on Sunday nights. We wrestle. Um, And and I mean from fear of God to um, anything in between, to, to how it applies to our lives personally, It really is um, a basic but foundational time. That being said, my big thing is I love theology. And so I love going deep with your students, and they're getting it. And so Wednesday nights, I have a a voluntary um, small group at my house called D Group, Discipleship Group, where these kids can come. And honestly, I'm sorry to some of you parents, They've stayed till about 10:30 um, the, the last several times, so I mean, but to go from six to 10:30, and you know, we haven't talked theology the whole time, but a good amount of the time, we we are talking deep, in-depth in studies, um, and um, it's just such an honor to see passion that that God is alighting in these kids, and to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form is really pretty incredible. Um, I we do wrestle with the scriptures that we're, we're not. Just yeah, that is just so key. I can't stress it enough. And, it, and it's cool seeing a love of the scriptures um, forged in, in the students. Um, many of you know a longstanding ministry of, of this church is Guys and Girls Breakfast, which um, in a moment I want to thank the people that, that are making that possible. But we go to uh, Amy Baumitz for the girls and uh, Scott LeBouise, um, for for the guys. And it's a chance for the students to lead. Because I believe that if you can articulate your faith, then, then your faith is your own. If you can, can stand up there, it doesn't have to be long, but, but give a devotional. If you can wrestle with it enough to where you can proclaim it, then I truly believe that that's, that's an inward sign, that that shows what's on the inside. And so that ministry is really valuable um, to us to give the students an opportunity to lead um, their friends. Um, we also have um, the, the last part of our mission statement talks about serving others. And this is something that many of you all have partnered with us with, with our secret service um, projects where, where you all um, are, were able to fundraise but you all are able to uh, pay us to go do service projects in the community or for the people of the church and we've loved being able to do that and then we've also been able to do um, the, the Christmas party that, that occurred um, where we were able to serve but it was so cool that when you guys brought people into the church they got to feel I mean well yes we serve pancakes and I'm sorry I had no idea you guys could eat that much bacon I mean, I'm sorry for the bacon shortage, but all that's being said, there was ministry that took place that we were able to serve you all while you guys accomplished ministry, bringing people in from the community and being able to love on them. Well, I've heard several stories from that night, so we look forward to doing more things like that with you all. Um, But one exciting thing that is changing, and it just started actually yesterday, is uh, Dave Gerlach um, works at the food pantry along with a number of others of you, but he approached me saying that there's a real need for just bodies to help um, with um, the responsibilities of that ministry. And since uh, Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church partners with the food pantry, I, I feel like the youth are part of the church, so we need to be investing in it. And what an awesome opportunity um, to, to serve every week this community. And so we're sending a couple students every every weekend to the food pantry. Um, we just started yesterday with um, a couple of our students. Uh, went. And served, um, and, and it just—I I, the ministry itself is great, but what to combine um, with the youth ministry, I'm just excited about what God can do through that, what perspective that gives um, for the students, for myself, um, and and just the the building up of a desire to serve and the expectation of us needing to serve uh, is is pretty great. So I'm super excited about that, and I thank Dave for bringing that to my attention. Um, speaking of thanking, I, I've got a lot of people. <laughs> that I owe, I owe a lot of gratitude for. Um, all these different things, yeah, these are the, the, um, the largest part of our, our ministry are all these different things that I've said. There are definitely others, but um, I can't do it all. Uh, ministry is relational, um, and besides that, I just need help putting it all together. And so I want to take a moment and just really thank um, a lot of you who have invested a lot in these students, and, and um, start with with Gary and Amy Bommets I see them over in the corner. I'll embarrass them. Uh, Amy, as I said, she runs our girls' breakfast and and is more than willing to step in um, to uh, on these long conference nights with um, with junior hires um, going to Minneapolis, enduring bus rides, and uh, and so thank you, Amy and Gary. Goodness, he doesn't just do it for a night. He'll he'll do it every week. Um, he, he was um, one of our main uh, junior high volunteers, and so uh, every week uh, he comes out here and loves on the junior high students and even will, will fill in for me if needed, and so I uh, just a huge thank you to you guys. Um, Josh Welsh, who I know he, he's unfortunately not able to be here. Um, what a privilege it is to see a person with such passion um, for the Lord and see that just overflow all over our students. Um, Uh, if if you haven't had the chance to talk to Josh, take time. Um, It it really is uh, neat to have him a part of the ministry and just, again, what he does is invaluable. Um, Jackie and Brandon Sharp have had a long ministry here. I don't see them here this morning. Um, They've had a long history of being a part of the youth ministry program here um, in, in Three Lakes, even when working multiple jobs and, and little baby CC comes along you know when life gets crazy their there's priority is still the youth of this community and, and it's again just from small groups to just crowd control to, to having kids over I just really am grateful for a team um, teaming up with Jackie and Brandon um, Scott LeBouy, uh, I get they must have known I was going to call them out because they all have run, run away because I don't see Scott either but Scott does um, the guy's breakfast and always has a warm meal and uh, an a, and a open heart to all of us guys coming in early morning on, on uh, Wednesdays uh, to, to eat at his house. Um, I don't think we've ever had a complaint on the food. Uh, he, he's good. Um, Bob, Bob Warner, he, he doesn't do um, anything weekly, but, but man, behind the scenes, you talk about behind the scenes person, uh, it, it's Bob Warner. I mean, as, as many of you know him. And his involvement in youth, um, I just thank Bob because <laughs> Winterfest is coming up, and that, that's one of the coolest events that we do, um, where we go away for a weekend. And Bob Warner is as a self-proclaimed Winterfest junkie. Um, he is um, he is uh, my introduction to Bob at Winterfest is him running, racing all of us up the tubing hill, and then once reaching the top, falling over on the picnic table just to catch his breath, but having the, the guy running the tubing, he'll come over, coming over thinking he's having a heart attack or something. So um, we're hoping for no heart attacks again this year. But, you know, it's just that heart, like, like that Bob brings to um, Winterfest, and just the kids all know him. They all know that they are loved by him. He takes many of the students out for, for um, breakfast, just a discipleship. He prays a lot for us, and that is very much felt and very much needed. Um, and also just supports financially. And so just thank you, Bob. I know you're a little more behind the scenes, but I, I don't, that doesn't mean you're any less involved, so thank you. And he keeps me healthy. He, he and I get breakfast a lot, too. And then finally, Ashlyn. Um, I would be less than half of who I am without Ashlyn, and I, I truly mean that. Um, it's been cool to, um, I don't know, it was a pain in the butt, honestly, to do ministry uh, for 10 months without her. But, uh, but, seeing, her, uh, but seeing the contrast... Of what it's it's been great, and so just um, the the ministry that she does for the women of of this church and for the girls of our youth uh, group is is incredible. I mean, she's there at everything, uh, small groups, junior high, senior high, events, and she does her own job and her own passions and her own desires. But she loves students, and I just so appreciate that. That's not a given, um, and so like I said, I, I owe all of them a thanks, a huge thanks, and, and I know many of you have supported us in many ways, and so uh, just a big thank you from from my heart. Uh, none of what we do is possible without um, your guys' help in that. Um, I could go on and tell how these, you know, some of the good things that are going on that God's doing in our ministry, but I, I know I'm, I'm less than, in, than, than enthusiastic as, as we have some bright-eyed, bushy-tailed students who are just eagerly excited about coming and sharing a little bit about just what God is doing in their own lives. Um, because I think it's more important that, that you hear from them, from from their mouths, um, and get excited because of them um, than, than just me standing up here telling it. So, so guys, come on up. Al, can I get this mic? Thank you. Why don't you come over here so you're not getting blasted by that? If you don't know the... Well, I don't know why I'm speaking. I've got this. Here, <laughs> hold that. <Okay. laughs> if you don't know, um, these are just three of our, our upperclassmen students. Um, just uh, three students that it's been an honor to work with. We, uh, Will Starkey. Uh, heavens, this guy... He gets breakfast with, with me, with Bob, with uh, Josh, and does Guy's breakfast all before sc- uh, school. So, I mean, <laughs> either he really likes breakfast or, or he's actually really I- I excited about Scripture and really diving in and being invested in it. It's just incredible to see. Rachel, I think the last known communication last night after homecoming was 4 a.m., but yet she's, uh, she's standing, standing and smiling before us today. And, and Haley is one of our, our two seniors. We're losing uh, our two seniors, and Haley's one of them. Um, but uh, we're excited what God's doing in Haley and just the work that, that she's. I mean, she's one that just jumped right in to do that, uh, that uh, service with the food pantry yesterday. And just how cool. Um, but I wanted to, A, embarrass them a little bit, and, B, just give you guys the chance to get faces and also just to see from, or hear from them. Uh, what God's doing, what the ministry is doing here in Three Lakes. And so, first off, just calm, keep everything calm. (laughs) Favorite ice cream, go. Chocolate. Oatmeal Cookie Monster. Chocolate. I like Oatmeal Cookie Monster. Good lickety reference. All right, right there. Awesome. Now we'll get a little bit harder, though. But I want to ask. What is something from this year, an event, a message, or something, uh, specifically that, of course, that, that I said or anything. But uh, if, if you can think of something else that could possibly have been said that was more valuable, then you can share that. Um, but uh, give just something that has been impactful and, and just tell a quick story about why. One quick interjection on that so Rachel can be thinking. The um, cool part about that story is that district, I just when the church is a church, it's really phenomenal. She's from Eau Claire, her friend. And, and so districts, if you don't know, it's where all the area churches get together in Green Bay. And so I instantly, she, she accepts Christ, and, and you know what an awesome thing that is. But then it's like, she's going back to Eau Claire. So I just get on the phone with, with Rob Wisey, as many of you guys know, uh, district youth guy. And, and he's like, oh, yep, yep, here, this guy right here is a, runs a church down in Eau Claire. Great. In 12 hours, and that includes sleeping some, uh, we had her connected and set up a coffee date with uh, um, with the youth pastor's wife at this church. And I just, I don't know, I just think that's so cool, um, A, that Haley um, is reaching out to, to her friends like that, that God is saving uh, students, but also that the church is just We're we're all connected, and that's just such a cool thing to be a part of, and just to see. Thanks, Haley. You're up, Rachel.
1: agnostic, and we had a great conversation about what we both believed in. Um, I don't know what she's thinking right now, but I just continue to love on her and set that good example, and hopefully that I can love, love on her, and she can see the love that we have. Here. Yeah.
0: You know, one of the things that Rachel said as soon as that was over was just hit me. If if this is really the most important thing, then I would be a jerk not to share with my friends and stuff. So, I mean, and that's the attitude she brings. It's really cool to see.
1: Go ahead,
0: You can see we do nothing else. So that <laughs> no. will. Like I said, just great guy. You need to get to know him um, Last question. What What is something specifically that each one of you um, just have been wrestling with this year? Uh, a little bit into your lives, but what's something that God has been teaching, training? What What is he doing in your heart right now? Or through something through this year?
2: Um, I think So yeah, there's a lot that I've been uh wrestling with recently but that's one of
1: the main thing. Right. Um one thing I've learned this is to really put all my trust in the Lord because uh um, he's awesome and <laughs> he has a plan for me that's perfect. perfect and um that's one of the things I was struggling with is with uh future plans and figuring, trying to figure that out by myself, but then I realized that I can't do that by myself. So he's going to reveal my future to me, and he's not going to hide it, and he's going to help me, and it's going to be awesome, because he's awesome.
0: Amen. Um, (laughs) I've learned a lot about patience, definitely, um, and just that I can't do everything, and that I need God to help me through a lot of things. And I struggled with that a lot before. I always put a lot of pressure on myself. But I know that God's there, and he's going to help me through everything. And like Rachel said, he's got a plan for me. And he knows exactly where I'm going. I may not. uh, I might have an idea. But I'm going where he wants me. Thanks, guys. We won't embarrass you anymore. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. That's what I love. That's why I love youth ministry. It's why I love being a part of it. Is um, for the students, and I know there are plenty of other stories of, of students in this church and stuff, and, and even where you guys have been poured into them. Um, these are just a few, honestly. And thank you guys for doing that. All right. Like I said, I wanted to kind of split this sermon up into two parts a little bit is just give you an update of where we are, what we're doing a little bit, but also tell you a little bit in the second part of what we're tangibly wrestling with as a youth ministry. And so I'd love if you'd go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 5. Honestly, the students probably already know what we've been stressing a lot. It's honestly, this is, um, you know, we're in youth ministry, so illustrations really click for us. We, We like practical... Um, examples of what we're called to be and and, you know when when Christ gives us the great commission that's what we're called to do that's what we're called to accomplish well Paul does an excellent phenomenal job of illustrating the great commission in the the idea of being an ambassador an ambassador is what and that's what we've been called to be disciples and ambassador are synonymous and I'll show you that um, here in a minute but just real fast 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 20 through 21 We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God As I was looking at these you know it's important whenever you come to any illustration well, no, it's not scripture. You need to know what technically the illustration is, how it applies, and all that. And so I just looked up a definition of what an ambassador is—not necessarily in the in the spiritual sense, but just for the sake of the illustration. And so I came with up with this um, with this um, uh, this quote about what an ambassador is. This definition: It says an ambassador is a dignitary whose job is to live for a period of time in a foreign land, intentionally building and developing relationships with the people of the foreign land and purposefully representing to those people the desires of his king or nation. And I think when we break this definition down, we actually get a beautifully accurate picture of what we are called to do, a very tangible representation of the Great Commission. And so to start, it it says that an ambassador is a dignitary. It does no good for the United States to send me over to China to be an ambassador. I have no authority. I have no high rank. I have no office. It would be worthless. And you see how as, as believers, we couldn't reach a higher office than being, as Romans says, sons and daughters of Christ and it co-heirs. I know we don't necessarily think of ourselves in these terms all the time, but I really wish we would because when we see the authority that we have been given through Christ, it's incredible. So we have the right to be these ambassadors that we're talking about. It says to live for a period of time in a foreign land. This is actually what we'll be wrestling with this year at Winterfest, is what it means to be a sojourner, to be an alien in a foreign land. We, You all know we we. We're not here permanently. This is not our home. A, a United States ambassador doesn't just stay in the United States. He must go to this foreign land because he has a job to do in the foreign land. And so there's a disconnect if, if, we, if we stay in the United States, if we stay in our bubble, if we stay in our comfort zone, so to speak. We have to go. And, and looking at our lives, this isn't our home. And you all know this, but it's a matter of living this out. It's only for a period of time. We are called to, uh, from the definition, inten- the role of an ambassador is to intentionally build and develop relationships with the people of the foreign land. So not only do you go to a foreign land, but you have to build relationships. That's your job, is to build these relationships with this other country, because there's a purpose behind that. That's not the end goal, is just to build relationships, but that's important. You can't sit in your embassy and expect to be doing a good job. You must be out with the people, being working with them, building up those relationships. Because you have a purpose, and that purpose is in the end of this definition, where it says, representing to those people the desires of his king or nation. That's the purpose behind all the uh, relationships that you build, is to be representing to them your nation. You're king. And I don't think it's hard to draw the conclusion of what we are called to do as believers. As when Paul says, be an ambassador, we are called to build relationships in this foreign land as dignitaries in order to represent God to them. Who he is, living in the way that um, Christ has laid before us, to be bold. That's our purpose. That's our goal. And, and I get, like I said, that this is not a new concept to many of you. But I think that there is a huge difference between knowledge and application. There's a huge chasm that has to be crossed. And it's very difficult. Honestly, isn't this, if, if we we're honest with ourselves, isn't this the issue that the Pharisees had in the New Testament? They knew the things that needed to be done. They knew the things that needed to be said. But it never translated from head to heart, and so they struggled mightily because they missed everything, because they they didn't tr- it didn't make its way to their heart. They didn't understand what their purpose was, so they missed Christ entirely. And I feel like as I was researching, every Barna Group survey is saying that this is what's struggling with the church today. If you look at the from from even just divorce to um, just how we live our lives, what movies we watch, the things that we say—percentage-wise, we're not that much different. And it's kind of shocking if, if you look at, at just the percentage of, of non-believers to, to professing believers. And, and now I get that those can be skewed a little bit, but the, the reality is still there. We—are we really being ambassadors, or are we conforming to the world or to the nation that we've gone to? we've taken the head knowledge that we know is it making an impact on our heart? That's hard. That's hard to say, honestly, but I'm guilty of it as well, but I love how Francis Chan illustrates the issue. I mean, Francis Chan is always good for an illustration, but ultimately, he he says it's kind of like a game of Simon Says. Simon Says, jump up and down. You jump up and down. Simon Says, spin around. You you spin around. What if a kid was just sitting there and, and we say, All right, um, Simon says jump up and down, and I'm jumping up and down in my heart. Doesn't really work. Or he goes a step further and says, when his daughter comes home from school, if her room's a wreck, he goes, you know, hey, you need to go clean your room. And so she says, oh, okay. Comes back a half hour, hour later and says, Dad, 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 guess what, guess what? I memorized what you said. You said, clean your room. I, and I took it a step further. I, I memorized it in, in, in the Greek. I, I know what the Greek says. I, I, I even Could you make some cookies? I've got friends coming over here in a half hour, and we're going to study what it means to clean your room. Obedience is obedience, guys. We can't take what the Scriptures say and call us to do and, and, and take it differently than what Simon would say. And yet I feel like that's where the disconnect is. And so, like I said, I'm not one to be, play a guilt trip. I'm not one to bash our, our students or, or us. I just want to look honestly at the issue, but see why is that? What can we do? What, what are we wrestling with that needs to happen? And I looked this week, and two really interesting stories stuck out in my mind, and they're very similar. One, think of the time... When the disciples, again, disciples and ambassadors, they're the same thing. They're the same thing. The disciples were hand-trained ambassadors by Christ. And think of the time when they got in a boat with Jesus, and a storm kicks up. storm kicks up, and they become very afraid, saying "You know that they're all going to die. Jesus is laying right there, and just like, we are all going to die. Jesus wake up, and Jesus gets up, and calms water and says where's your faith? The second story is, is again similar to it where, where the disciples again are in a boat sailing out and, and Jesus walks to them on water and, and then Peter starts to walk out to Jesus right? We, we know these stories. But then Jesus, uh, Peter gets distracted by the waves at his feet. But the reality of, I'm walking on water. Takes his eyes off of Jesus and, and starts falling. Jesus grabs him and says, you of, of little faith. It's interesting. I, I really think faith is the key to all of this. Because when you look at those stories, what, what is the antagonist in the story? Is it the waves? Is it, is it the storms? No. No, honestly, those, those are wonderful things in life. They don't always seem it, but, but it says that the, the storms in life are, are what grow our faith. They strengthen our faith. That's why we should be able to rejoice and take joy in the struggles of our lives. No, no, the waves are, and the storm are great. What's, what's the impact? It's the boat. The boat that when it gets rocked, we start to freak out. We start to be distracted because our boat isn't doing what a boat should be able to do. And so I, I'm nervous and now I'm taking my eyes off of the fact that I have Jesus. Or that when I step off of my boat and I start going just a little bit, when I start realizing, oh, my friends are back at the boat. Oh, I'm on water. This isn't normal. We take our eyes off of Jesus. And I think that illustrates what so commonly destroys our faith is the fact that when our comfort zone, not necessarily just being lazy, but just when things are different, when it's not out of the norm, When we're rocked a little bit, we start to really fall back. We start to really recluse. At least I do. When those waves, when those difficulties come, I instantly go into defense. I go into a shell of, wow, (laughs) there's a lot going on. There are a lot of waves out there. And so I feel like a storm of just difficulty, which reality is we're going to have those. Or, like Peter, a young faith. One where you've taken that step off the boat, but like I said, you look back and your friends aren't taking that step. It gets very, very scary. And in both instances, the enemy is the comfort of the boat. And so I don't want us to be comfortable Christians. I think that that is the exact contradiction of faith is our comfort. And I'm not sure how to combat that, to be completely honest. I think it looks differently for each one of you. I wouldn't do the injustice of saying, here are three ways of combating that. I would just challenge you to look at our scripture of 2 Corinthians in verse 20, and it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. It, it says are, like, like we are Christ's ambassadors. It doesn't say you can be, or, or you may be, or some of you will be. It, no, it says that if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you are an ambassador of Christ. Whether good or bad, you are Christ's ambassadors. It's not a 9-to-5 job. It's a continual 24-hour, 365 kind of job. And so as we look at this, when we are failing to have faith in our Savior, we are representing Him even then. And so I say that we need to challenge ourselves in this area. We need to challenge ourselves... To pursue faith, which only comes, as Romans talks about, through the scriptures, through the truth of the word. And so I want us to be wrestling with that. I want us to be looking at where is the comfort? Where is the comfort of our faith? uh, Where is the comfort that is compromising our faith? And like I said, that doesn't mean necessarily lazy. It just means what are those boundaries that you need to push back on that you've set up for yourself? I mean, I'm sure for the Ellenwoods, going to the check when they were living here with such dear friends, that's a boundary. I'm not saying that that's for everyone. I'm saying listen to the Holy Spirit, but be willing when he says that boundary needs to go to take that step. Honestly, J.P. um, Holtz uh, gave me an illustration for this week, and um, I think it goes along beautifully with this because, again, it deals with boats. It's interesting. But this, this week is the anniversary of the story of the four chaplains which if you're not familiar with, uh, take some time this week and, and, and research it. But in short, these four chaplains on, on a boat during World War II, um, well their, their ship was, was torpedoed, and it was going down, and, and they're still remembered for taking time. They, they removed their own life jackets, gave it to sailors without life jackets, um, started, they say, even just helping people onto lifeboats not concerned at all, just calm. That is what over and over the article said, just a calm assurance. They were singing to the Lord, and the whole lot, they, they go down with the ship. There wasn't room for them. They weren't saved. It's not saying that, that faith saves you every time, but they had the confidence of knowing, if, look, if God wants me to go now.